0: Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, your buddy Blender HD. You can follow me there on Twitter. And this is the show where we go over a little bit about yesterday's kind of there was multiple slates yesterday, and then we talk a little bit about today's slate. I guess I mean it's a five game slate later today, right? So there shouldn't be there shouldn't be that much that much to talk about. And I and I answer your your questions in the YouTube chat. If you have any DFS strategy questions, you want to talk about the tools here at Roto Grinders, feel free to type them in. You know, I like the YouTube people like Frederick Dute and Dave Spag and Card Fan and First Round Exit and DuPocalypse and Red Psych Sports and Edward Brown and Daniel Hutchings, Brian Seymour, Max Coach One. You know what to do when you hear first. I got my apple juice as usual in the mornings in order to keep it cold throughout the show. You gotta hit those thumbs up buttons, right? You gotta hit the thummy thumbs, right? Give me the thummy thumbs. If you're new here, hit the subscribe scribes and uh and hit the notification belly bells to let you know when we go live on this channel. We got uh, we got NBA Grinders Live later today, MLB Grinders Live, uh uh, there'll be there'll, there'll be other people I don't know who's going to be on the shows. I never look at the schedule It'll be probably Dean and someone it'll probably be Stevie and someone It'll be chop and there they'll maybe will they'll be i don't know i look on the thumbnail typically they put our faces on the thumbnail so you'll you'll know you'll know who, who's who's on grinders live later today uh we got we got uh, Eli producing the show as usual so give him some clappy claps right Give him some clappy claps he's 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 the world's fastest clapper. Right. People don't know that. Look that up. He clapped. He does this like like whatever, whatever he does. Right. A lot of a lot of claps. So. Uh, so if you if you want to want to check that out, go go to go to his channel. So uh, yesterday, yesterday, uh, Luis Arias cost me a thousand dollars. I'm going to have to I'm going to have to send him. I'm going to have to send him a check or some type of invoice. Luis Arias at the end of the game. You see that yesterday? I'm talking about the early slate yesterday. The early slate was a little bit more interesting than the late slate. Late slate, we had one game canceled. It ended up being a six-game slate anyway. The, the early slate, we had Coors. We had the Angels against who? Against Fulte? uh and uh, and Max Scherzer on that slate. And uh, the game to play was Oakland, Minnesota, which if you watched Grinders Live yesterday, which because the show wasn't on yesterday, We did Grinders Live and it turned, we thought that slate would be at one o'clock, but no, it actually was at three o'clock. So everything got kind of pushed down. So that's why I wasn't here, but I was on Grinders Live with Dean and I told him that, and I said that Freddie Montes, right? That was the high variance spot of the day. Either Montes is going to pitch well, the twins are going to kill him, right? According to the back projections, that's what it looked like. So I played, I played five lineups into the $66 slap hitter yesterday play the mid stakes uh hand built i just hand built five lines uh because it's a flat payout structure i like the the flatter payout structure type of tournaments the the main gpp is typically fifty thousand. The to first by the time we get to 10th place here's here's a set of steak knives i try not to play those contests i i don't mind playing them when the entry fee is lower when it's 10 bucks eight bucks five bucks you know you know that type of stuff but most of the time on draft I'm, I'm looking to look the more mid stakes but uh, but I play I played uh five lineups. I played two lineups with Montes, and I played two Twin Stacks lineups. I, I faded cores, I had zero cores yesterday. What I said yesterday was here's the chalk: cores, angels, scherzer. You could play two of them, right? Fade one in the lineup, right? Either you're fading Angels, you're fading cores, you're fading Scherzer. Now with the pitching yesterday, it's less likely that you're fading Scherzer and uh the cores weather was was kind of an issue. So I you didn't know how many people were gonna get off of cores because it was cold, it was snowing by the end of the game, right? So so I decided to just like I'm gonna build my lineups as if cores doesn't exist. I think I'm gonna get enough leverage just not having Bregman in the third base spot, Correa and Story in the shortstop spot. So I was like looking at like what teams had those positions. So it's like okay, in uh in San Diego, you have Machado and Tatis. They're going to be low owned, okay. Against Hauser, so have, give me some Padres. Then take a look at Josh Donaldson for the Twins. Okay, that, that there there's an option, right? Third base on uh, on there's really no third baseman on the Angels that are is worth a crap. So it's like I'm trying to build lineups like that, and I did. So I built uh, so one of those lineups. I'd, I'd I one come in a little bit higher also, but I came in second. So you could see here. Second place, Scherzer, Quintana. Was the, co- the truck combination was Scherzer, Maeda. And then I just played a five, basically a five-two-one. Five-man Minnesota stack. Estadio Polanco, Donaldson, Cruz, Arias. And that obviously did re- really well. Then I played Tatis plus Grissom, two-man. And Ben is just a cheap catcher, right? Truck cheap catcher, but whatever. But if you see here, I lost by two points, right? Two points. It's the matter of one run. And if you see R. Walker SC, he had Elvis Andrews in his lineup. Luis Arias at the end of that game, remember in the bottom of the 10th inning, Minnesota was up by two. It's two outs. It's a ground ball to to Luis Arias. And he chucks it, chucks it over the first base. Bang! What kind of throw is that? Of course, Elvis Andrews is on third base as a base runner. And he scores a run, so that's there's there there's those two points, right? We would have been tied for first for four grand, but no, lost a grand, right? And then he also had the Byron Buxton home run. I would have won if it wasn't for that. Sixty one hundred. That, that's the one thing I didn't do in my Minnesota lineups is I didn't play any Byron Buxton. I'll I'll play a Mike Trout one off before I play Byron Buxton at sixty one hundred. Okay, Trout was six thousand. Buxton was sixty one hundred. I get it in stacks. You see this game stack, this 4-4 game stack is the thing that got there. Because Matt Olsen had two home runs. Cruz has two home runs, right? He kind of needed them. He needed at least one of them. But of course, I'm playing a 603-entry contest. So this is not a, like a large field contest. So like 186.55 wouldn't have won the large field stuff. But That was the thinking behind it, of based, based on looking at the projections. Montes projected well. This is this is what I, I look for. When the picture and the stack projects well, that just tells me that it's going to be a high-variance situation. That's means strikeouts or home runs. So I took advantage of that, especially with people going to cores and people going to the Angels. And I did have Angel stacks. I mean, if we take a look at my five lineups here, I had Trout 60 in, in three out of five lineups, right? I had Otani in two out of five. Fletcher in two out of five, Shevler in two out of five. So you see here, it's pretty much twins, angels, Padres, right? No, no Bregman, right? So we look at the field, right? No Bregman. One lineup with Walsh. Didn't play to Nelson Lamette, who only pitched 29 pitches, got injured. I'd 22% owned for a guy. He was like 9,500, and I don't know what this pitch count was going to be. So that burned a bunch of lineups. Like Correa was 22% owned. Turner was 21% owned. Chaz McCormick with a zero leading off. Hey, good projected play. But he got a zero, right? So I tried to avoid cores. I know it may be scary to do that, but I'm looking to win first place. What was my easiest path to first place? Fading cores, fading Angels, fading Scherzer. At least one, if not two of those three. And then hopefully it worked out. And it did. There you go. I think my next best lineup actually had my Ada in it. Like, where is my next best lineup? So I think I had a lineup that if I just would have replaced my Ada with Contender, I would have just won the whole thing. Where is this? Let's, let's take a look. Entries. Okay, let's find. Let's find me. I don't play on DraftKings anymore that much because because of the payout curves and the, the entry fees. But eventually, but it's in results to be here, 17th place. Yeah, I guess so. If I were to replace Contender, I still... I would, have, I would have won this contest, right? Because look, Maeda. Yeah, I would have won this contest, right? Because instead of Maeda, you play Quintana in this spot and you make up like 30 points. So that would have been like 191. And look at this lineup. It's an angel stack, right? So you got Shebbler, Upton, Trout, Iglesias at shortstop to try to avoid Correa and Story. Otani was chalky. I mean, Trout and Otani were chalky. Then play Josh Donaldson to avoid Bregman, right? So you play two Minnesota guys, Polanco and Donaldson, and what what, what do I have left at uh, catcher? Oh, Narvaez, and he hit a home run. So there you go. But I still I played the chalkier pitcher combination. I played Maeda, obviously because I had the money. But I could have I could have changed Maeda down to to Ada down to Quintana and then Shebler up to Fam or Profar or something like that. Could have. Or is down to Ben Boom and then Schebler up to someone, you know, something, who knows? But still, this twin stack on a five-game slate was all under 10% owned. And it's not like Montes was that owned. So it's like Montes wasn't owned much. We could take a look here. What was the ownership on Montes? Because Lamette was more owned than him, right? Oh, 33%. Okay. I guess I guess he was he was somewhat owned in this contest. Yeah, Montes was 33%. Okay. So you get you get the leverage, right? Scherzer, Maeda, Montes, Lamet, Quintana. Yeah, okay. So I get it. So that's that that lowers the Twins' ownership. So that's strategically. I hand built these. This, this wasn't I just plugged it in and pressed a button. Now it could have easily went the other way. Cores go, goes off, and then who cares, right? But I'm also playing. I'm also playing a 603 entry contest. So like, do I have to get crazy? Crazy? Was that crazy? I have no idea. We go back. Let's go. Let's see what the large field. We have the, the $16 slugfest. So giant squid. One that, yeah, you needed a 238. Yeah, you had, my score wouldn't have gotten anywhere close. 11,000 entry contest. Giant squid. I mean, you still needed pretty much that, that game. Scherzer, Quintana. Arias, Cruz, Buxton, Donaldson, Polanco. You basically need Olsen and that type of lineup. Paid down for Elvis Andrews. So it still turned into a five, still, still a five man Minnesota stack with two Oakland players because you basically you needed Olsen. I didn't have Olsen. But I mean, he won by like 14 points, like Royal Payne 21. Basically had Rooker and Murphy in instead of the other two guys. They're also playing 150 lineups. So I have a lot of combinations. Larry Otto over here, similar type of thing with Tatis, Olsen, Cruz, right? But no Donaldson. And that's what That's it. There you go. No, Donaldson. Donaldson got twenty-nine points. This is eleven thousand-person contest, eleven thousand-entry contest. But look at this payout structure. This is the reason why I didn't play it: fifty thousand to first, then ten thousand to second. It's five hundred bucks to ninth place. I mean, come on, really? Ninth place is one percent of first place. I want it to be ten percent of first place. So we take a look at the payout structure for. The slap hitter, the $66 contest. Look at this. It's flatter. There you go. Ninth place, 10th place is 10% of first place, not 1%. So instead of this being 10,000 the first, it's 5,000 the first. What's wrong with that? That's good money. That's good money, people. So this this is the reason why I tend to play contests that have this type of price structure. Even if this is 50,000, then it's 50,000, 30,000, 20,000, 15,000, 10,000. But none of this, like, Hundred thousand the first tenth place seventy bucks. I mean, I that just mean basically turns it into a winner take all when it comes to equity. I'd rather at least have. Oh, I could pl- I could play five lineups into this, and if I if I come in, I, five lineups is uh, three hundred thirty bucks. So like, where does three hundred thirty bucks fall here? It's like okay, thirteenth place or like it, I don't have to win to like make my money back at least. But in other contests, if this was like you know seventy bucks to tenth place, I'd be like, why, why am I playing this? Like either I come in the top couple of spots, or you, you're, you're just gonna bleed all your money away. That's the main reason. And they they had they had an undrafting; they'll be doing it today also. So I think that, I think that's the plan going forward. So I've been playing on Fanduel because the pay, pay the payout structures on Fanduel are horrible. Also, okay, they're horrible, but well, at least they're horrible, and it's a four dollar entry fee, and it's a five dollar entry fee. For a large field contest, not 16, 18 bucks, like our draft games. So I think going forward, I'll be, I'll, I'll play like a hundred lineups on FanDuel and then I'll hand build and play these types of contests. I'll play five lineups on draft games, instead of like just nothing on draft games, other than cash games. So I think that's what I'll do. So it's kind of weird for me to go on the pregame show and then not have results DB for like my own play because I'm on FanDuel, right? It seems kind of weird. So I said, this was a good opportunity. Obviously shows me winning three grand here. So that's good. I'm trying to expand. I'm trying, I'm trying to be able to do multiple things at one time. To me, that's my biggest weakness. Like, oh, and then, then, and you can play NBA at the same time. It's like, I can't do it all. And you can play a hundred lineups on Yahoo. It's like, I I can't juggle that much. I'm trying to get better at juggling. So I need to, that's why I condensed down my cash process to basically just pressing a button. So, okay, that's taken care of. Now, now I can do FanDuel. I can do hundred lineups there. Okay, got my process down there. Now I could uh, hand build a couple of lineups on DraftKings, and maybe I'll, I'll and then you start building yourself up. So I, I should be playing more. I play enough as it is, but I want to take advantage of the fact that I'm skillful. So I want, I want, I want to, I want to play hundred lineups on DraftKings, hundred and fifty lineups on FanDuel. I want to do all of that, but I want to do I want to do it as as wisely as possible as as plus ev as possible i don't want to like half ass and just like oh i have a, just whatever's here here go just download the csv upload and whatever it shows it shows whatever 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 it is right i did that a little yesterday on Fanduel. it actually worked out but right i had i had a tampa bay stack i had a tampa bay chicago stack yesterday did i want that i don't know I kind of ran with whatever went. Whatever I I I went on, I went on uh, my uh, lineup HQ, and it got to the point where like I was running out of time, and I'm just like, as long as all my lineups are low owned, just give me whatever's whatever's whatever. You know, I I set some things, but then it got to the point where it's like I I'm I I have no time to tweak anything. So as long as all my lineups are low owned, just give me. I think I had ninety of them. Give me ninety of them. It just so happened I I Cubs. I didn't intend to even have Cubs yesterday, but I apparently I had Cubs and I had some cub stacks with some Tampa stacks and that worked out, right? I mean, I didn't, I didn't make any money, but I mean, I had, I had a lineup that was in the top 30 or something yesterday on FanDuel. Sometimes you do that sometimes, that, but I don't want to be in that position where I'm doing so much that I need to. Like, oh, just run whatever the projections say. Give me low on lineups and woo, and then have to go on this side. Oh, got to get this in, right? We don't have a line. Oh, the Cincinnati lineup. Oh, they're finishing up. They're finishing up the game before, so it's like, where, are we going to get a Cincinnati lineup? And the game, the game locks at six forty, and we don't even have a lineup. So it's not like we're not getting a late lineup. So it's like, is is who's catching? Like, like what? Can I play the Reds if I'm not even sure what the lineups are going to be? it's going to lock and I can't even swap like that type of stuff. Like I want to be able to deal with that and not have a chicken chicken without their head and do that half-assed. That's the reason. I don't know. I'm justifying it. Looking through the YouTube chat, Mike blaze asked what was it about Montes that made you think he was the top variance play on the day? Because I looked at the rejections and Montes, from a median perspective was like the, the second point per dollar pitcher with the back projections. So Montes was the second highest point-for-dollar pitcher. Quintana was the number one uh, in the bat. But the twin stack had the highest point-for-dollar ceiling. So, like, you look at their prices versus their 75th percentile result, they were the highest on the entire slate. Higher than Coors, higher than the Angels, higher than everyone. So it's like when a pitch, so how could the projection say median-wise? Because remember, we're talking about median. That the pitcher is, projects well and the batters project well. Well, only one thing could happen, right? I mean, you can't, oh, I'm going to play both of them? No, they're negatively correlated to one another. So that all that tells me is that the twin ceiling is high, the Montes' ceiling is high, but the range of outcomes is wide, obviously. The only way that that could occur is if the range, if the range of outcomes is wide. Typically, in a projection set, if you see a pitcher that's highly projected, projects extremely well, the batters don't project that well. They're on the other side, the opponents, right? You look and go, okay, point for dollar. wise, they don't? And vice versa. You see a team, the batting, you know, the stack that projects the best. Typically, you go to the pitching projections, and the, the pitcher that they're facing has a really bad projection, right? Like, that makes sense. If they both have a bad projection, that means the whole game sucks, right? The ceiling on both sides aren't good. But when you see both sides of a game, and I'm not talking about both sides batter-wise, I'm talking about both sides, the pitcher and the batters that they're facing, both project well. The only way that that could happen meaning-wise is if the range of outcomes is wide. It doesn't make any sense for them to... Can't, you can't, you can't, one can't also project well at the same time as the other, right? Or it's some type of price thing. You'll, you'll see that occasionally when, like, the pitcher's 4,000 or some of the batters in the lineup are, like, two – you have three guys that are 2,500. And it's like, okay, now I can see why. The, the median projects well because some of the batters are still way too cheap. That wasn't the case with the Twins yesterday. But I'm not looking at baseball stats. like I, I Looking at that was not a baseball stat type of thing. Like it's looking at, I could even show you. Let me go to, the bat even has a page for it. Okay, let's see if I could find it. Where are the stack projections? Okay, the bat X stack projection. They go along with the, it's the same projections that I load in here. So if I look at the stack projections for today, as of now, this is what projected lineups in. Like it looks like the Mets. Like I sort by ceiling. So ceiling point per dollar. We still have Diamondbacks. Well, that's from the early game. So you have Cubs, Angels, Marlins, Mariners, Mets. Now obviously, the Mets have the highest ceiling. And it also shows, based on five-man stacks or four-man stacks, like based on their point per dollar total, top 25, top 50, top 100, top 250, like when they appear. So this obviously shows that the Mets... Are the top stat Mets, then Angels, then Cubs, then Marlins, or Astros even? Like, what are the best stacks? So you don't have to, like, go. I don't have to go and, like, go by, like, here are the Angels. Let me take a look at, like, let me add these all up. Like, it does it for you. So I'm able to see that. And it also shows, you know, who they're pitching, right, who they're up against. So I could look at this. And then I could look at the pitching so I'm going to look at the DraftKings pitching short by point per dollar. So Aaron Sanchez, okay. Aaron Sanchez rates out to be the top point per dollar pitcher on today's slate, according to the bat as of right now, but the Marlins, the Marlins are up there. They're not all the way up there, but they're up there. They show up in the top 50 stacks according to the bat projections. Cause they're pretty cheap. So here we have a situation where Sanchez Projects well, and the Marlins project well. That means it's a wider range, a little bit wider range of outcomes. We have Pavetta and the Mariners, Lucchese and the Cubs. These all seem like fairly sealed. The Cubs are up here. The Mariners are kind of up there, right? So these are higher variance situations. Like Trevor Williams against the Mets. I mean, where's Trevor Williams? He doesn't project that well. Should, should he? The Mets project extremely well trevor williams doesn't so this is not as high variance of a situation you're sure trevor williams could do well right good how, how does javier project against the angels who project well not really not really that well right you got walker bueller here pretty much but you have sanchez Favetta, and lucchese but the batters also project well so like feel like oh i'm gonna play bueller sanchez and think that oh nothing could go wrong like no the Mar- the marlins could could I mean, these are not the most reliable pitchers. Sanchez, Pavetta, and Lucchese—they're not. So if one's going to be like insanely owned, if Sanchez is going to be fifty percent owned on this slate, play some Marlins stacks. There you go. According to the bad projections, the Marlins don't project—they project pretty well. If Alex Cobb here, like the, the the Astros project well, but Alex Cobb is garbage, right? So if this isn't a high variant situation. More likely than not, the Astros kill him. And Alex Cobb doesn't score that well. There's less outcomes that have Cobb scoring 20 points. But with Sanchez and the Marlins, there are as many outcomes as Sanchez scoring 20 plus points as there are the Marlins putting up eight plus runs. So there's a lot more outcomes that are here in the high end and the low end opposite one another, obviously, and less in the middle. So we treat we treat these as normal distributions, but they're really not. That's what that says. That's it. No, no, no baseball stats or what. It's already taken care of. All, everything's done for you in the projections. It's already weighing all the baseball stuff in the numbers, in these numbers. So what did I see in Montes? I did the same thing I saw here with Sanchez and the Marlins. I said, I'm on the Morning Grind podcast, right? We recorded last night with Stevie. You could, you could download that. I said the same thing. I said, Sanchez, there's... Same thing with Pavetta, Sanchez, and Pavetta. I said the same thing. It's Like, the more owned Sanchez is, the more Miami Marlins stacks I'll have. The more Pavetta owned, the more Seattle stacks I'll have. I'll still, I still play both of them in the other lineups. Right? That's what you do. It's a high-varying spot. So, if you're going to play Seattle stack, if you're going to play Bueller plus Sanchez, then you stack against Pavetta. If you're going to play Bueller plus Pavetta, then you stack against Sanchez. If you're gonna play Lucchese, if you're not gonna play, maybe gonna play a, a Cub stack in that lineup. So whichever, which you, you stack the team that you don't have the other pitcher. In. That's more the most likely I'm gonna do, especially in DraftKings where you need an SP2. FanDuel maybe not so much. But then who you can play as SP2? That's where Daniel Testano comes in. And now, if you watch the morning grind. If you listen to the morning grind, you hear my jokes about Daniel Testano. Don't expect much out of him. Like yeah, eight point nine three points. I'll take that. Let's take a look in the YouTube chat some more. Da, da, da. Yeah, I explained all of this. People are asking, like, how, how do you see what the variance is? I mean, you could just look at the floor and the ceiling, right? You could just see the range difference. But the two sides of the game are negatively correlated to one another. The pitcher and the batters against them. The batters and the pitcher against them. So the wider the ranges on both sides, then obviously it's higher variance. And typically in GPPs, we're looking for, we're looking to increase the variance of our lineups. If I could see that there's a high variance spot, that doesn't mean, well, do you play the picture or do you play the back? Either, either, play either side. I'm just looking for those types of opportunities. How could I increase the variance of my lineup? Based, I mean, based on the projections that are are given to you. Oh, let's see. Uncrabby cabby asks, hey Jordan, when I run, for example, 150 lineups after setting all my stack and player exposures, I seem to get a lot of low projected, low-owned lineups. What is the best way to correct this? Who says that's not who says you should correct? Mean don't worry about the median projecting of, of baseball line Low what's low projected? It depends on what you mean by low projected. Remember, 14 points is one swing of the bat. Or a solo home run is 14 points on DraftKings. FanDueled you FanDuel, you get an extra point or so for a run, extra point for a RBI, extra point for a walk even. Stacks are a little bit more valuable in FanDuel. So 14, about one swing of a bat could be 16 points on FanDuel. So two swings of a bat, 30 plus points. So if your lineup's a medium project 30 points lower, who cares? You can make that up in two swings of a bat by a low-owned player or two low-owned players. So don't worry about the median projection so much. So what's low? That's what I mean by low. If, it, if you're up by 80 points, yeah, that's that, that's that's low. I don't know what you're setting in order to get lineups that are that lowly projected. But it's not basketball. Basketball, full points and projection may mean a lot. In baseball, there's so much variance that, oh, 20 points below the optimal is what? Doesn't Right, Trout is forty-seven percent owned and puts up a zero. Yeah, you uh, there you made it up, right? He didn't put up fourteen points, and half the lineups have him. Well, you made it up. You made up those fourteen points, right? You did it. You did it. Way to go! So don't worry so much about the median projection. You want the lower owned lineups, sure. So I don't think I don't think you're, I don't think you're having a problem. I think you're building good lineups. You're, you're more likely you're more likely building good lineups than you're building bad lines. I think that, that, that the answer may be you may be actually playing well. That may be the answer. How do I correct playing well? Playing plus EV lineups, right? Never gotten that that answer before. I mean, maybe I don't know. I, I don't see. I don't see what you're doing. Oh, uh, let's see. The, the, the Jerry Man says I was on the wrong side of the Montes variants. Yes. Well, I played both. I played lineups with Montes and played line, lineups without him. Okay. Choose whichever one you wanted. If you wanted to say, "Oh, I'm gonna," if you're only playing one lineup or something, you know, I'm gonna choose. I'm gonna go to the Montes side and then play this. Okay, then then you lost. Okay, move on to the next day. You're gonna lose most days in MLB. You're gonna lose most days in DFS. All you can hope to do is play well, play plus EV lineups, and wait to realize that EV. Uh, Gavin Nokom, Nokomovich says, "Love you, Jordan. Learned a lot with just two videos. Oh, good." And you'll learn a lot with a lot more videos. I tend to repeat myself a lot. I tend to get the same questions over and over again. So, so if you're new here, everything seems like new. Oh, oh, this is the thing. I probably answered everything that I've said probably a month ago, a week ago, yesterday, two days ago. I'm just reinforcing concepts and trying to help you guys out. Nate Branchaw says, Tonight on DK, would you be more likely to play four-man stacks rather than five-mans? Because of the lower probability that one team puts up enough of a ceiling to pay off a five-man stack, yes, it's a smaller slate. So five-man st- having a, having one of the teams have a five-man stack to pay off, the probability goes down. It doesn't mean you don't play five-man stacks. It just means it's less like The, the high-scoring team on the slate it could be six six runs, and five-man may not pay off. Right? No, there may not be a single five-man that pays off for a large field at least. Now, if you're playing a smaller field contest. And you just want to just five, three it and just say, I pick two teams and whatever you can do that because obviously you don't need the highest possible score in those smaller field contests. So those are the, those are the variables you got to weigh, right? I'm kind of saying two different things. Yes. It's a five game slate. So it's less likely we find a five man stack that pays off. True. That's for large field contests. But if you're playing smaller field contests, do you need a five man stack to pay off? at the nuts no like a 600 entry contest look at look at what i won yesterday my lineup window would have came in like 87th place in the main gpp but i played i played a five-man twin stack and there you go done right second place could have been first if it wasn't for luis aria's just throwing the ball away for no reason how does he throw how do you miss how do you miss first base by that much i don't know Yeah, but Gavin, you got it right. What's my easiest path to the win is a question I will think about when building lineups. Right. Your goal is not to score the most points. It's to score more points than your opponents. It sounds like the same thing, but it isn't. If you're trying to put up the most points, you're just going to play the best plays. You're just going to, who projects the best? Points that you have that your opponents don't are worth more to you. So having, me having Josh Donaldson 29 points at third base and 8% owned is worth a lot more than 29 points of data trout put up at 37% ownership. So you're looking for those where can I find points that other people don't have? Of course, the likelihood of you getting those points goes down because they were such a great play, more people would own them, right? So you have to find that balance. But you still, what's the easiest path to win first place? What's the best path? You could find 20 paths. If it's a large slate, there's 14 games. You could find 50 paths to first. Do you want to play all 50? Could. If you want to play 100 lineups, you could play all of them. That's what I try to do. What are the paths to win first place? How, how many of them can I jam into jam into this contest? Then sometimes you have a five-game slate. It's like, uh, what's the easiest path to first place? To me, I yesterday I thought, Playing the twins, fading cores, and the angels in that lineup, and look, hey, it worked. There you go. What more did I have to do? Nothing. Frederick Duke has a good point. Even utilizing my advice, winning any large GPP is extremely unlikely, right? If you're playing those large, large ones, like the quarter arcades, the ten cent, and the, the ten cent ones, like ones that have five figure, ten thousand plus, fifty thousand plus, you. You're playing like this to win win them once or twice a year, a year, not often. A year, bank once a year, but yeah, use the quarter arcades and the and the, the dime times or whatever. Do it that good, good way to get experience. Even if you're hand building, right? Build four lineups in the quarter arcade. It's a dollar. There you go. But build large field line. Build build lineups that you don't mind. It's a quarter, and if you you have to get into that mindset of like, oh, I can't play this nutso lineup. They're playing in the quarter arcade. It's a quarter. What's the worst thing that happens? You lose a quarter. You could drop a quarter on the ground if anyone carried cash anymore. So do it there. So at least it gets you past that hurdle of, oh my God, this lineup is just, you're telling me I should fade this guy and then play this stack and then stack against that guy? That's nuts. Play it in the quarter arcade. but That's how you should be playing. It's not about winning the most often. It's about how much do you win when you do win? How much money do you make? I'll take one $50,000 win and 99 complete busts. I make more money than trying to win 50 bucks every day. Yeah, you'll win more often. Yeah, but I'll win more money by baking once and losing 99 other times. If you try to min cash for 100 slates, you could actually get to bleed money away because the rake is too high. You'd be like, oh, I win half the time. I cash my lineups half the time. Then after 100 slates, you see you're down to 80 bucks. And you're like, how is that possible? Yeah, because with there's 15% rank. So cashing half the time ain't doing anything for you. You're losing money. Aim to win. All the money is in the top spots. Aim to win. What is the easiest path? What is the path that gives me the most first place equity? It also gives you a lot of last place equity. You have to live with that. This lineup could come in first place. It could also come in dead damn last. Those are the lineups that you should be playing. Uh, Let's see. Edward Brown doing anything with the early MLB slate today? No. Two-game slates? Two-game slates play more like showdowns. Just like if you're playing large field, just play a lineup that won't be duplicated. Like the type of stuff that you would do in like showdown or MMA, small field, PGA, that type of stuff. But no, I'm not doing anything with the two-game slate. Justin Sports, this is a pretty good question. Do you often find difficulties in differentiating your thought process in playing a high dollar small field versus 150 maxing on the same slate? Sometimes, usually usually when I play the small field stuff on the same when I'm doing the same thing, I'm not just playing because I you know me, I like playing unique lineups. So I'm not just I'm not just making a hundred. I rarely ever one fifty. Okay. You'll never see. you rarely ever see unless there's overlay or it's really cheap. I'm typically playing 60 lineups, 80 lineups, 100 lineups, somewhere between 50 and 100 or something. Uh, typically, whatever, whatever the. Like I said, what's the best route for first place? Now, when I'm playing 100 lineups, a lot of times I'm I'm finding eight routes to first place. Right, I'm finding eight eight different ways, and playing 100 lineups with all the eight ways. Right, or well, whatever ways. But now for a small, but now I single line, I I could only make one lineup. How do I do it? Well, whichever the best way, whichever I deem is like the highest leverage play, not the highest leverage play, but just like yesterday was the, if I would have built 150 lineups yesterday for that early slate, I would have built a ton of twin stacks, a ton of, ton of Padre stacks. I would, I would, I mean, I, in proportion. And it's like, Oh, I got this single entry lineup to put in. It's like, what's my, what's my best idea? Scherzer, Quintana, and the Twins. Like that's, I would have done that. It. it would have been kind of like the best lineup of, of that bunch. But maybe not the same exact lineup, but something like that. You just have to condense the, the choices. Like, okay, now I've narrowed all of this down. When you're building 150, you're like, I narrowed this all down to eight. Right? Then when you're playing like three max, it's like, I got to narrow this eight down to three or two. And when you're playing single entry, it's like, I got to narrow it down to one. And sometimes they're really close. And sometimes it's just like, eh, screw it. And then if you're doing like three max, maybe maybe you decide, I'm going to do, uh, maybe I do the twins in all three and then differentiate everything else. Or maybe I say, I'll do twins in one, angels in one, Padres in one. You could do that also. Try to diversify a little bit more, maybe. Joe Wheeler, when faced with a dumpster fire of pictures on a small slate, do you fade the chalk picture and go with someone else? Is this a strategy to win the first year? It's one of the strategies. Anytime you fade, fade chalk, it's a strategy to win first doesn't matter what the slate is or anything like that on tonight's on tonight's late walker bueller most likely will be the chalk sp1 on DraftKings. but if you see here it's not like he projects that well he's the best projected raw points pitcher but he's 10k you could fade him and stack against him with the padres that's a path the first place oh well, that seems scary but it's a path stacking against the chalk pitcher no matter who they are it's a path is it the smartest path? Who knows? But it's it's a path. There's a stack that's going to be 40% owned. Not playing them, That's a there's a path. And they bust, that busts all those lineups and you have something else. All of those things are a path. Matt Noah says, love the mini-mats in the quarter arcade. Vomit stacks, lineups I would never show my friends. Good times. Why, are your friends that stupid? Your friends should know better. Your friends should know it's all about, it's all about first place equity. It's all about first place equity. But yeah, on DraftKings today, on today's slate, I'm expecting Bueller's the most raw points. Like, I'm going to run this now. Let me go to build rules. Let me get this reset to everything. Let's run it at two unique players, 100 lineups. Got everything here, everything, whatever. This is DraftKings, right? Okay. Let's set it down to 49. Let's see what happens. Can I do this? Okay. Based on the bat projections, let's let's see. Let's see what comes out. I still think it's going to give me enough Walker Bueller just to have raw points, but I think we're going to see a lot more Pavetta Sanchez lineups. Yeah. Pavetta, oh yeah. A hell of a lot of Pavetta Sanchez lineups. Yeah. Barely any Bueller, even, even with the slightly more raw point. Yeah. Cause you have to pay like $2,000 for them. So if I look at the, the, okay, we I didn't do stacks. I'm sorry. I should have done that. Getting A lot of Mets, Mets, Cubs, Mets, Astros, Angels, yeah, but I didn't set the stacks. So let's set the stacks. It's DraftKings, let's just, let's do 5-3, five, 5-X, five 4, four, four three. That's pretty much what you should be doing. 4-2, maybe, I don't know. 100, 100, 100, 100. Maybe 3-3, three, three. it's a five-game slate. Maybe 3-3, three, three. it's 3-3. Three, three. I'll just, we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Yeah, eh, that's going to put in too many, too many of those. Okay, so let's set some normal kind of five three five x five x. We just put it a hundred percent. This just—it's just, just going to fill up whatever. So let's see what shows up. This is research to me. This is not—I don't look at the baseball stats. Oh, I'm going to dig into their pitch mix and what I—I I don't do any of that. Projection does the projection model does everything for me. It's all—it's all the numbers. How do the numbers work together with each other? Okay. So we got tons of Mets stacks. Yeah, okay. So basically, it's Met, 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 Met stacks. We can take a look at the stack summary. Mets, basically, Mets. Three, three man stacks is Astros, Cubs. So basically, seeing a lot of Mets, Astros, Mets, Cubs with Sanchez and Sanchez and Pavetta mostly. But we still get plenty of Bueller because we're not playing the one offs of like Trout and like that type of stuff. there's still plenty of Trout there. But yeah, so based on based on this. You can take a look at the combo summary. Like, here's some 5 3 combinations Mets, Astros, Mets, Cubs, Mets, Marlins, Mets, Dodgers, Mets, Red Sox. It's Mets, 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 Mets. So it's probably going to be a lot, a lot of lineups that look like, look like this. Then we don't have ownership yet. So you, I can't compare to how old they're going to be. But I'm assuming the Mets are going to be owned based on this, right? To me, this is research. This is what I do for research. Like you could go, you could walk up to a slate a half an hour before and just do this I'll run a hundred lineups and set defaults or whatever, run 300 lineups and just see what shows up. The bat projections are slightly different than a lot around the industry. So they may be, they may be slightly different. Most projections models are not going to be that far off where it's like, oh, the Mets are coming up in a million lineups here. And then they're going to be 2% owned because the bat's the only, the only projection model that has the Mets. Like, no, probably probably go to the plate IQ projection. Let, let's do that. Okay, so I'm getting a ton of Mets here. Let's go to the plate IQ projections, which is the, our normal RG projections. I can switch right there. Okay, okay, so we're, we're on the plate IQ projections. I'm gonna do the same exact thing, right? I have my st- I got everything the way that it was before. So in the bat projections, let me delete this. Bat projections had a ton of Pavetta, Bueller, Sanchez, Mets. For the bat. Obviously, this is as of like 11 or 1130 in the morning. But no, with the all projected lineups, we don't have the umpires. The weather data may not even barely be in. We don't know. I'm assuming we're going to still see something that's similar, right? I go to the player pool and sort by point per dollar even. Houston, got Conforto on the Mets. May not get as much Mets. I no, still get it. Yeah, Nimmo was in the lineup here. She had some Angels. Probably get a little bit more Angels. Probably still get Houston. I don't know about the Cubs, though. Just to show you the difference in projections may not be that, that dramatic. Matt Noah says, I won a single entry last week. My first ever first place. Congratulations. Used a lot of the principles I've learned here. It was clear like 10 points. Just had to fade a home run from someone's last at bat. Well, way to go. Okay, now, okay, we can take a look at this now. So, yeah, look look at this. Plate IQ projections. A lot more Bueller. Bueller-Pavetta, so like pitching-wise, a little bit less Aaron Sanchez here. But we're still getting, look, look how many Mets, Astros, getting more Marlins, getting more Red Sox a bit, not getting the Angels as much as a stack. Take a look at the stack summary. Look, Mets, Astros, I like compare that to build one. Stack summary, Mets, Cubs, Astros. The Mets just get a, a bunch more. The Mets project a little bit better in the bat projections than in the plate IQ projections, but still, I mean, the plate IQ projections have the Mets as the highest point per dollar stack team also, right? That and the the Astros. So even if, even between projection sets, it's not all that different. So if you're, if you're using the plate IQ projections and you don't, you don't pay for Derek Hardy's the bat, like you're not, you know, you're not necessarily missing out on anything. You're still making the same, you're doing the same exact thing regardless. You're playing the same exact way. So don't feel like, oh, if I, oh, well, you use the bat. I need to use the bat. You don't need to. You, you need to understand what the numbers mean and know that everything you could possibly look at is in the numbers, especially when it comes to the bat because it, it includes every everything. There's stuff in there. They have stat cast data in there. Derek Hardy put so much stuff in there. Like going to an Italian restaurant and all the spices and everything and the marinara, everything's in there. So I don't have to worry about oh Oh, well, did you check out this? No, every, everything that should be relevant is in there. So I don't have to worry about it. I just look at the numbers and just play every day and just hope I realize my EV by the end of the season. Hopefully. Think once, maybe twice. Make a profit. There you go. You're done. Easy peasy. Easy peasy. This is the type type of stuff I talk about, right? Answer your questions. Show show you made some money. Some people in chat made some money. I made some money yesterday. Hopefully we'll make some money tonight. If you're, well, obviously if you're in my contest, I don't want you to win. I want me to win first. So if I have five lineups on DraftKings today, I want you to come in sixth place. I'll allow that. Not even second, right? But you'll come in second place. I want all five of my lineups to come in first, second, third, fourth, and fifth. Then you come in sixth. But we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens tomorrow. Because tomorrow's casual Friday, right? Pro- do we got a big slate tomorrow for Friday? Do, do, or do we have the split crap? Let's see. I'm I'll, 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 I'll opening up on my phone. Like, what's tomorrow? Oh, no, tomorrow we got a big slate. Ah, tomorrow we got one big slate at 7 o'clock. Okay. so Yeah, we got something to look forward to at least. Something to look forward to. So, uh, at your way out the door. Thanks for keeping my apple juice cold. You kept it cold throughout the show. Hit those thumbs up buttons. Thummy thumbs. Thummy thumbs. Uh, if you want to sign up for Roto Grinders Premium, which includes the Discord, which which I'm I'm always active in, right? To some extent in there. So uh, click on the link in the description in the show notes. Get $10 off your first month of a Roto Roto-Grind, Grinders Premium subscription. We'll have Grinders Live later today on the YouTube channel. Grinders life for NBA grinders life for MLB got crunch time for premium members and uh and yeah so let's see what happens let's see what happens on this five game slate let's see if uh, let's see if any pitcher scores more than 20 points that that's my that's my thing I, I, I don't is Walker Bueller needed tonight I don't think so but we'll see check out the morning grind I if you want if you want a breakdown of the actual slate I was on the morning grind so you could listen to me and Stephen but this Obviously we record that before projections come out or anything like that, but pretty everything I said yesterday for that, for the morning grind, I, I would agree with like after looking at projections now, like pretty much it's, it's relevant. So download the morning grind. And uh, other than that, I'll see you tomorrow as I, as I, I'm here Monday through Fridays, 11 o'clock Eastern time for the DFS pregame show here on rotogrinders.com.